Welcome to another episode of The Maladjusted Monkeys. On this episode, Shan and I speak with a good friend of ours, Ben Vittnell. Ben is coming up on 10 years in the military, so we chat about stepping out of a combat role, missing deployment, and what the next phase of his life may be. But uh, before we dive into the interview, I just want to um, give everyone a big thanks to all our supporters for listening, providing us feedback. Uh, we're looking forward to growing the podcast as much as we can. So if you like what we're doing, uh, please like our Facebook and Instagram page, tag your friends, or share our page if you can. Enjoy today's episode. Lean into it, man. Let yeah. Let the mic do the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, mate, maybe we should talk about how we all actually know each other. Yeah. I do forget. I do forget as well. So It's a long time ago now. Yeah. So how many years? I'm going to say 2010. Were you, yes. were you guys in the same ITs together? No. So he was already at the battalion when I got there. Only for about a fortnight. Oh, really? Is that yeah. it? Oh, shit. Not I it was a couple of months. Oh, so you just would have went through at the same time, just different platoons. Yeah. 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 March March 2010, I got there. Yep. And then can you remember how we met? Like, not the not meeting. I can remember us talking about movies. That was it. Ah, oh, the love of movies. The love of movies. Yep. And then, Cloppy, I can't remember how you came on the scene exactly. One of the I, while because you guys were there, I think a few months before I got there, or yeah, a little, yeah. A little, it was a little yeah, because McVeigh was still at um, uh, what's the not the holdback platoon, the TSP, the train support platoon. In and, and I, yeah, yeah, I met him. He's like, oh, when you, if you're going to six, when you meet, get there, there's like three fucking. Great dudes like Kurto, uh, Tommy, and Vitz. Make sure you hang out there. And like, of course, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, I'll go looking for them straight away. Not like, <laughs> but it's funny how that ended up playing out. That we all actually became the bestest of friends. Mm, three best friends that anyone could have yeah. is pretty much how it all happened. Mm. So yeah, 2010. That's where we all met, and yeah. obviously, oh, I think all our careers differed uh, a little bit. So. Which sucked because I remember you you got a lot of injuries early, but that's because of one decent one. What was, what that, was, was that? That wasn't an injury, was it? That you had not uh, an injury. It was something I had before the army. What was it? Pilonidal sinus. It's cool. It's like a spine thing, isn't it? Oh, Pil- so, yeah. It's like a, it's like a skin in, like a skin infection. It's like the wound the wound won't heal, requires surgeries. Um, I hit it from the medical staff to get in. <laughs> I put up with it. Uh, went to Canunga a few times and then I thought, fuck, this is getting bad because it's an open wound. And I thought I'd better mention it and let the army pay for it. That's... And they did. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember you being at hospital a lot. That fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah. How, many, how many months was that? It was about six or seven. Yeah, that was crazy. In the ward. Yeah, I remember, didn't we bring you like your PlayStation and everything yeah, up for I, was, I was set up. That's right. I <laughs> and the nurses on first name basis. Mm. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously your career, fucking a lot of injuries which sucked. Uh, and then yeah. at 2013, we left, as in me, Cloppy. When did Kurt I leave in 2013? Yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah well, so all three of us left and unfortunately... We, we'll let, we left unfortunately, you, yeah. unfortunately, we left you there, mate. Yeah, Sorry. didn't we? Yeah. So, what is so? How's things been since 2013 for you? Not terrible, actually. I was trying to change jobs. Uh, the CEO at the time, 
offered me one particular like job. Like you'll go to core transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I was changing jobs. Um, that was because 60 didn't have any trips on the horizon. I thought, what the fuck am I doing with my time? Mm. Um, and the CEO at the time offered me one job, screamed at me for 20 minutes in the CEO's office, told me to take it or fuck off back to the companies. What was the job that they offered you? Operator supply, logistics. And what job did you want? I wanted a trade, something to fall back on. Yeah. I was thinking vehicle mechanic, you know, because, yeah, it's your job. He sent me back out, uh, went and saw my OC, and I was like, sir, get me out of here. I've had enough. Three weeks later, I was going down to IETs for a job I didn't know anything about. <laughs> right, so you yeah. got sent for training for yeah. another job, and it, it, oh, it, you only knew the job title? Yeah, I found out what it was on the first day of IETs. Did you get on the uh, Defence Recruiting website and have a look at it at all? No, I, I did it? eventually. Were there um, any worry videos about like oh, uh, mate, about the job? Cam nets and holes and <laughs> styres and shit. And uh, I tried to make the most of it. Um, and then four weeks later or something, or eight weeks later, going to Darwin. Oh, my God. And this is 2013? Uh, 14, 14. 2014. Early 14. Yeah. Yeah. God, how was Darwin? Don't sound like that. Oh, <laughs> man. Jesus. Man, Darwin is... Well, you'd love it there, wouldn't you? Because it's... You'd think so? If you enjoy shooting animals, fishing, crocodiles, and heat, mate, you're in, you're on, in heaven. But it's... Yeah. You, just sort you of don't want seem to... convinced. No, no, it's not for me. You sort of want to get out of there when you're there. And then yeah. now I'm away, I miss it. Yeah. I miss going barefoot into pubs. You what? Going barefoot into pubs, mate. That's you're not having to wear shoes. Oh, what do you do when you're going to the pisses? Oh, you just get wet feet, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> At least you never get tinnier. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I think it's different when someone else is pissing oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll, that's why I never go to the toilet with you. <laughs> Ten years at least, you worry. Step around the but, yeah, Now, Now that I'm back here, I miss it. It's a good laid-back atmosphere out there. Um, so just yeah. so I understand, so obviously we were all in the infantry together and then it's correct. you got sent to... So what was the job they sent you to? So it's like warehousing, logistics... Yeah. So you went from combat to warehousing, but not by your choice. Not by my choice, but I needed a job. And And is that, you're not doing that now though, are you? Yeah. Oh, so I thought that was what you're doing now is something completely different. It's it's a different part of that trade. Okay. So Um, it's incredibly boring and I'm not going to try and sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think a bit of responsibility lies on myself, obviously, because I didn't have to get up and go at the time to leave the army and make a go of something else. So, you know, it's probably my fault, if anything. So what's the job you do now? Can you just explain what the role is? Well, what's, well, like, what's your day-to-day? Yeah, day-to-day. Like, what's... Um, working in a what's called a repair parts store. So every unit has a Ramey element, fixed vehicles. Um, every workshop has basically a little super cheap auto attached to the side. Yep. And we run that. Like super cheap auto in cams. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you've gone from. We just talk about your infantry career at the moment. So when you joined the army. Yep. 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 Why? Why did you pick infantry? 
Because there's nothing else in the army. Is there? Exactly. <laughs> Mate, I remember, when I went to recruiting, so I went, um, you guys met my, uh, NATO? NATO, yeah. 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 So yeah. He's, he's still in, he's a captain yeah. in Victoria now. <clears throat> the way I joined, we were both sitting at um, a good life gym, because all we did every day, like we were working a casual retail job, we just go to the gym every day, sit in the sauna, sit in the pool. Hashtags, <laughs> no homo. Okay? <laughs> I'm in the sauna. And we were sitting in the pool one day, and uh, he goes, what are we going to do with our life, mate? And I go, well, we could always join the reserves. And then he goes, reserves? And I'm like, fuck that. He goes, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. So that night we went back to his place and got online and we both signed up, picked the days that we went in for our testing, did that, came back for our interviews on the same day. And before we went in, I'm like, mate, it is infantry or nothing, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, infantry for sure. That, you know, we're definitely going to do that. Go in, you got to pick like the three, you know, you pick three jobs. Do you remember that? But oh, your preferences. Your preferences that yeah. you want to do. I only feel about one. And the guy's like, <laughs> mate, you've still got two. And I go, it's infantry or nothing. He's like, come on, mate. You sure? There's two more. Sp- Just put, put something down. I'm like, no, nah, it's infantry or nothing. All right, cool. Come out. And I said to Nathan, I'm like, infantry, mate. That's what that's what we went with. Yeah. And he goes, oh, sorry, bro. I'm like, what do you mean, sorry? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, Canberra and be an officer. I'm like, I thought we were joining the infantry together. He's like, yeah, no, nah, that'd suck. I'm not doing oh. that. So... For me, yeah, infantry or nothing. And I assume for you... So obviously you don't talk to this bloke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's dead to me. What about copy for you? Why'd you... Oh, because your granddad, like... That's oh, he was infantry? Yeah, he was infantry. So yep. I always thought, um, like, because I remember when I told him I joined the army and he's like, what are you doing? And I went, infantry. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Mate. Well, because we all saw the movies. I saw yeah. Tears of the Sun. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Fuck yeah. Because that's what the Australian infantry does. Yeah, mate. You know? My granddad said the same thing. He said, whatever you do, don't join the infantry. You'll just walk everywhere. <laughs> that's all he said. So why did you join Described ben? it perfectly. Uh, I didn't want a normal job. I wanted a job that affected, had, you know, it, it sort of took place on the news. You know, you could, it was just in public's consciousness i guess you know everyone knows about the army and the adf and well at the time like i want to be part of it i guess when we all join afghan war i was you'd always see it on the news it's firing up proper yeah, in yeah, 2008 proper 2009 and iraq as well like that was a prospect before we before we joined we're like yeah you know, well i think yeah got iraq, guys were doing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to get to 80 or 90 if i get that far <laughs> and not had not done my part yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, even if it was just five years, it stretched out to nine now, but I wanted to do my bit. Yep. Yeah. So you you joined, you're in, let's say we'll go to 2000, when we were all in here, 2010. 10. And you, were you enjoying your time in the infantry? 5% of the time, it's the best job in the world. 95% of the time. It's the shittest job in the world. Oh, me and Shane know what you mean, but for yeah. anyone who doesn't understand, explain that. It is not glamorous. It is not tears of the sun. Uh, there were many exercises where our chain of command didn't even organise an enemy party for us. So you just carry and wait through the bush looking at trees. And, oh, I remember um, numerous times where there was no... We didn't have ammo. Didn't have ammo? Yeah, yeah. The um, budget had been blown the out. The budget had been blown yeah. out, so you had to pretend... Uh, Buckets of bullets. Buckets of bullets. Yeah. We'd yell out buckets of bullets as you were shooting. And that's First not an exaggeration. Or it'd be the other way and we had too much and we'd be tossing it into creeks. 
I don't know. I never did that, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard the phrase chicken feed your rounds, boys. Quite tossing it in a creek, so I mean, fire it for uh, good training purposes. Yeah. Yep. Nah, you sort of, it's taken its toll on your body. And if there's no trips on the horizon, you just think, you know. What's the point? Like, um, you've signed up to the job, you've gone through all that training, and you've got that. Um, that mentality that's been instilled in you through through your initial employment training um, of of all you want to do is your job, and then exactly. uh, you know and it, it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to kind of explain. So I, I imagine you know fireys, coppers, ambos they all, they they all would feel the same way in that you're training to to do this job, and on one level, of course, you don't you know if you're going and doing your job, that means that. You know, people are being hurt. People are um, in a really bad, bad way. And but at the same time, you still want to get out there and do it. And it's a weird dichotomy yeah. between those two things. And well, yeah, speaking from experience, like because I've done, obviously, I've done the army, and now I'm in the police. The difference I find is it was frustrating in the army because day to day, if you're not on deployment, you're training for this, this. Yeah. It, almost like a dream. You're always, oh, yep, get ready for the war. You're going, you're going. You never know when you're going. Mm. Some guys don't get to do it. You're training for that. It's like training for a football match. Well, I know we all use yeah. this analogy. Training for a football match and you're just sitting on the bench the whole time. Yeah. Whereas like for emergency services, I'm happy because I get to do my job every day. Yeah. I'm yeah. putting my training it's... into practice every day. Yeah. You, you sort of think, would a medical student go through 10 years of medical school if they knew they were never going to get to touch a patient? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a medical yeah, a student, they, they do all their training and they just sit there watching ER going, yeah, I'm going to be yeah. doing that one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it like yeah. that. A little bit more training, mate, and you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ER, that's old school reference. I don't know what the... Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever we're up to. House? house. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with house. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so that was battalion life. I know what you're saying, 95% of the time. Yeah. It's... Boring and five percent. I wouldn't change it, but no, I don't think any of us. No, yeah, change a few things, but I wouldn't change the fact that I did it. Yeah. So at that time, it's a hard topic to ask you about when we deployed and you didn't come with us. How I've actually, and this will sound stupid, but I, I have sort of nightmares about it, and recurring sort of nightmare is your a group of people is leaving and I can't find my kit. I can't, you know, they're, they're taken off and I can't keep up or something. And it's, fuck, I have it all the time. And now I'm sort of living it. Cause, yeah. Like how, so the job that you're in now, like it, it, it still feels like that when you're, because you're working so closely in the unit you, yeah. you, you are with guys who are, um, you know, going overseas on humanitarian trips and things like that. Yeah. And, and you know, they're starting to, I don't want to get into that whole topic, but. They're starting to sort of, they have quotas on who they who has to be on deployments and stuff. So, you know, they've got to have so many girls, they're going to have so many junior soldiers and, um, yeah, it's just sort of difficult seeing people go away. So like when, not being a part of it. When we left, like, were you angry or, like, frustrated at the time? I was sort of lost. I tried not to be angry or frustrated. I went up to Darwin and, you know, got a lot fitter and lost a lot of weight and I sort of tried to take advantage of what I'd been taught to, uh, you know, be good in me in my new job 
And being in infantry helped because we just you're better at soldiering than the rest of them. Well, everyone in your new role, in the new when you role, got there, it would be a different pace for you. And everyone would be looking at you as like, yeah, yeah, you senior soldier, yeah, yeah things like year, and then like you know a year and a half later, I got my first hook. While people that I joined, I transferred with, were, you know, still sort of plugging along, and then it's yeah, and then it happened again. My unit got a trip, and we'd been understaffed for so long that when we did get a trip, they couldn't justify sending everybody because. What year was this? 2017, last year. Oh, last year. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So I watched all these fucking kids go over there and then I felt like another three years had gone down the drain. And now I'm fucking nearly 30, thinking, what am I doing? So I, the, the same reason I left the infantry, I'm now thinking of leaving the ADF because it's like there's nothing on the horizon. And that carrot keeps dangling, but... Yeah, it's so strange how, like, in any other job, civilian job, where, like, I mean, day to day you are kind of doing your job, but yeah. at the same time, there's that, there's something inside. It's I, I'm not sure if it's the training or, or it's just we we hold that those trips so high on a pedestal that if you don't get that thing, it's it almost makes everything else you've done and it like. And you do do good work throughout the rest of your career that isn't overseas and stuff like that. Yeah. Or you do engage with the public and, and things like that. Um, but that all becomes kind of, um, oh, I don't think redundant is the right word, but like it just it takes away from the things that you do accomplish just because yeah. you, you, you're not getting that trip overseas. Well, it's justification in the, at the end of the day. Mm. So, yeah, it's like why else, would you, why else have you joined the army if yeah. not to go overseas and to do that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but... Um, Nah, I mean, I read that book, Tommy, you told me to read. Which the one? Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Or did I tell you to read it? <laughs> I think I told you to read you it. You told me to read it and I it's, have not read it yet. It's, it's really good. It sort of, it sort of you know, highlights the fact that you've got to take responsibility for the shit going on in your life. So it, 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 not only are you, are you sort of down in the dumps because all that shit, but it, it, it hits you that it's your fucking fault. Mm. You know, it's no one else's. You've got to step up and work hard and, you know, Hard work attracts good luck, I think, and yeah, and that hits you like a ton of bricks again. So that, but yeah, you know, I'm doing well. Yeah, well, you see, yeah, every time I see you, seem to be doing well. But I, I know, like, from past experiences with you, there are times where you just you seem to be a ghost, like you disappear, and all I'm like, oh, is this yeah. is this because of his like the military career stuff of you know. Yeah. Not achieving the deployment or something like that, or is it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's a bit fucking. You don't sort of fit in. Mm. Like you're never going to fit in with everyone. Like we've all got problems fitting in with other people who we want to fit in with, but you know, it's like on Anzac Day, all your closest mates are sitting there, they're going on their bloody chests, and you're sitting there, you know. Like you're on the fringe of the conversation. You don't really have much input. But I know it's not like that with you blokes, but yeah. That's that's sort of analogy, I guess. Yeah, that make, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like that would fucking like I constantly think about because um, I as um, as not as I get with guys when I've seen before us and you know, they they still live in the desert and they'll never let go yeah. of that experience. But um, yeah, I, I 
I always felt so bad, like thinking back on how just the way that, like with Kurt and with you, and you, you never, you never got that. And then uh, it's fucking. Yeah, I guess. I guess recently, I, I was put in a lot of hard work for that trip last year, and I was cool when you blokes went overseas. I didn't lose any sleep over it because I was like. The blokes on this trip are just better soldiers. They've worked harder. No, they? no, no. That's what it is. Well, that's no. what it is. It, 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 a lot of the time no it is. He's a, a done more I'm not going to say the person's name because <laughs> one of them, I remember the Padre was giving us a bit of a talk before a couple of weeks before we left. And he was saying, like, you know, basically, good luck, guys over there. Stay safe. Look after each other. You know, and he said once he was like, um, you know, we all know that you might not all come back. Rah, rah, rah. And one of the guys, think, fuck, he did, pulled himself off because he was shitting himself. But then there was, oh, another, yeah. yeah, and then there was another person who did go over who mm, should not have gone over. Oh, oh, I mean, there was probably quite a few people who did, like, in any day of the fucking week. Like, you, you got to be real, man. Like, the quality of soldier that you were was voluntarily above <sighs> in, at, at least a lot of the <laughs> other people that went. Oh, in some aspects, yeah. Mate, but, I, but, like, I, I, see, I feel the same way. Like, when I was over there, I'm like, how the fuck did I get over here? Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I'm like, I'm not. I can. I can compare, compared myself to like you and Kurt. I'm like, those boys should be going. Over. Yeah, not me. Kurt, I should have. Yeah, yeah like, we all know Kurt. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like I know you beat yourself up over that. It's not like I said before. It's when the music stopped. Me and Cluppy were just holding the parcel. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all it was. That's all it was. Yeah. We, we just got lucky. But I know what you mean. Like it's hard to rationalise that in your own mind. Yeah. Like, and to, to let that go, like it's a fucking, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, like you can tell that it's a fucking issue, and like that you shouldn't feel that way, but it, it doesn't really help because you keep feeling that fucking way. Yeah, I guess you, you know, you're just talking about turning thirty and that, and that makes me think, fuck, I joined when I was twenty. That's a decade of my life mm. that I've committed. But and would uh, you change anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think I would. What, yeah, what? I would have made more of an effort to probably transfer into civilian life. But I don't know, man. Like I, I reckon. You've probably got experiences that you had in Darwin that <sighs> yeah. so it's like and not necessarily what you did in your job while you were there, but like the people that you would have met, yeah. and the good times that you would have had outside of the army, like going going hunting and going fishing and stuff like that. I mean, if you if you transferred to a civilian job and went back to coughs or fucking stayed in Brisbane or something like that, you know, you could be working a nine to five pushing paper, like yeah. you know, yeah. not necessarily getting out and doing all those I things think- that you got to do. True, yeah, yeah. See, there's a lot of good good parts. And I, I mean, that I remember a camping trip that we did where it was quite lucky that, you know, you just happened to have your, your trunk in the back so that you were moving house or something. <laughs> yeah. And these young kids come wandering over and like, oh, hey, do you have a first aid kit? I remember or, that. Um, or something like that. I mean, I think I stayed with the car, but you got... Oh, me and Kurt, I mean, yeah, I, well, yeah, you, yeah. Picked, you picked up the story. Because, were, you, were you there? No, I wasn't there. Well, you picked up the story. We were, we were sitting at Finglehead and we were all... You went there, were you? Yeah, no. cup, cup, you, you'd ridden down Shane mm. from bloody sunny coast on your bike and we're camping at the place and three young kids come over and go, oh, hey guys, um, have you got a first aid kit? And we were fucking smashed. We had so many beers that night. And um, go, oh, yeah, what's wrong? And he goes, oh, dad's hit his head. So I grabbed a little first aid kit. They were very blase about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sort of shy because, you know, five loud drunk blokes sitting there. And then so we went over and... Old Pops had had one too many, gone out to take a leak in the dark and spud it in and headbutted a roadside post on the way oh. down. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, not, nothing, nothing sort of sobers you up like an elderly man bleeding from the head 
horizontal. <laughs> so, I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, fuck, you know, I better calm the kids down because they were starting to carry on. We gave them a, uh, a silent that we had. You know, always carry silent, mate. Good. Yeah, good soldiers. Good That's yep. what I was like, yep. I've seen Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, so yeah. That's always cool. attracts the kids, the glow sticks. Yeah. Cool. Cool. The ambos. I was like, go, go out to the road and, and guide the ambulance. In. But you guys patched him up. We patched him up. Yeah, we we cleaned out his wound and bandaged his head, and he started shaking on the ground. And I thought, fuck, he's convulsing. It's like head trauma. He's he's carrying on. And we were speaking to the lady on the at the ambos, and uh, she said, oh, put a blanket over him. I was like, oh, so we put a blanket over him and he was just shivering. Like, oh, I felt a bit stupid, but the ambos rocked up and took him away and the kids thanked us. And yeah, and what, yeah. what did the ambos say to you when... Because well, I'm pretty sure I just didn't know that they were quite impressed yeah, with what yeah, you guys yeah, had done and the treatment that you guys had given him. Yeah, he said, who, who bandaged his head and Kurt had done it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, me, mate, why? And he goes, oh, better than we would have bothered with. Would have bothered with. Professional medical staff, you know, yeah. Well, again, that comes down to your experience. As yeah, a, so that's, as a soldier, that's why you know I raised I mean? that is, I think it's those kind of moments where not necessarily what you did in the Defence Force, but from that training that you had and the experiences yeah. that you had there, like those are the things I think you need to try and remind yourself of what that's kind of, yeah. some of the stuff that you've gotten out of it now. The Army sort of makes you all blasé about blood and injuries mm. and death and where normal people go, oh, God, that's terrible. We're mm. sort of having a giggle at someone, you know, especially if it's like a... You know, like a suicide bomber in pieces spread out over yeah, a bit. Yeah. We sort of you gotta have that dark sense. Of yeah, you gotta laugh to about it. it. Whereas other people, it's real sort of it's full on. Yeah, but well, you sort of and those are again like soldiering experiences, traveling to whatever we do now. Like obviously with me and the police now, that transfers really easily. It's natural, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Jobs. You need that dark humor. <clears throat> to you go into bodies all the time and. If you took it so seriously, you just you wouldn't last in emergency yeah. services. Same with um, yeah. ambos and fireys. Like we've all got the same sense of humour because you just need to. So, like you said, yeah, burnout. Burnout yeah. would be a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. So transitioning, you're now thinking about doing something outside of military or what? Yeah, I I've always liked. The, it's funny. It's happened twice now. I've always liked the bloody thought of moving south somewhere cold. Making coffees for 12 months, relaxing, and just working something non-stressful. Yep. And then each time I've sort of started to get that ball rolling, I've met a chick, and, uh, which is not a bad thing. I met Danny Allen now. And, um, and she's in Defence Force. She's in the RAF, yeah. So, yeah, that's put a halt to that. But, I, yeah, I think that's the curse of the Army is when you're in it, you're always thinking of what are you going to do after the Army, whereas a lot of normal people think, this is my career, I'm going to die doing this job, this is what I'm going to do for life. But I know me in the army, it's always felt temporary. So I said, I'll do me five years or do me four years and then I'll get out. So you never sort of settle, you're never sort of happy. I, mean, it's, it's, I guess it seems on that same track, um, really, really hard to maintain that career and the amount of time you have to do outfield. And then... For me, like the things that pop in my head is like family. How am I going to incorporate family into that with the yeah. amount of time out of field and the the amount that you do have to kind of give up with your social life and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. You want to get to eighty and sitting on your deathbed and go, I'm glad I spent those six weeks firing blanks, you know, instead mm. of spending it with my wife and kids. Yeah, that's what really matters. Also, I don't know how guys do it. Now, like I've started my family since leaving the army, 
And I always think, like, how the fuck do people do this while they're in the army? Like, the amount of times you go on our field and stuff, and like, you can't plan anything. No. There's no way yeah. I could do that now. Like, I don't know how people no, do it. No, you know, you time that real well. Really? Yeah, like something as simple as owning a dog. Like I know one of the boys at work now. He he's pretty lucky that someone can take it on. Otherwise, like imagine how much it would cost for six weeks at a oh mate, yeah a doggy hostel, or even just like like if you've got a family, you're leaving your missus with the kids. Oh, like, that's yeah. so much pressure on them. They've got things they yeah. need to do. If they're working as well. Like yeah, exactly. If they're full time or whatever, like that is yeah and way too what, hard for what? But, you know, what yeah, for what? Like you said, what are you achieving? Yeah, do you want to be sitting there? Firing blanks for six yeah. months and go, oh yeah, that was good. I'm glad I did that. Or yeah. do you want to see your kids grow up? Exactly. Yeah. You got to got to think about what you're going to worry about on your deathbed. Yeah, exactly. Try and buddy, keep in mind. Did I tell you about um, my my neighbour that I went through IT's with? Owen? No. He um so he had a, a dive course he had to go on for four months in Sydney, mm. and um, they they'd lived in Sydney their whole lives. All their families in Sydney, so. He, he moved up with his wife and they had a, a four-month-old at the time when he had to go and do his course. And, um, you know, obviously down there pretty full on because he's always out in the boats doing dives and stuff, can't always call home. And I got a message from Madison one morning that uh, Holly was feeling a little bit crook and she couldn't get time off work to go and give her a hand. So I was ringing around the boys because I was out at Amberley doing some stuff. And I said, oh, is there anyone I can go back and um, or anyone's missus that can go back and give her a hand and whatnot? And, uh, I don't think anyone could get away, but pretty lucky. My hierarchy again um, let me go leave a bit early to go, and, and like, thank God she's such a strong chick, man. Like she was like literally huddled around a bucket, spewing her guts up, trying to look after this four month old and Jesus. keep it together. Like me and Matt, like it was pretty lucky that her mum just happened to be coming that Friday, so I stayed with Holly and 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 um, kept kept bub. Um, entertained while Madison shot off to the airport to go and pick her mum up and like holy shit man that um, it was the first time I kind of understood it from my, my partner's perspective of it, while, while while I'm away she's got new like because my partner's in the same boat all her family's away she's going to have to look out you know, if she gets crook if something happens like there is support out there you know there's yeah, people she, yeah. could, she could ring and whatnot but still it's strangers doing it when you could be with your family and things like hey, that it just it's changed my whole mindset it's on it's so hard like even now um, like when Boston was born, um, well, I think I had six weeks off. And then when I went back to work, obviously when we were living, where we were living at the time, my station was like two, three minute drive from home. I'd feel bad leaving for eight hours mm. knowing that she was struggling, you know, cause she hasn't slept. She's feeling sick, got a newborn that's constantly crying. I felt bad just being down the road for eight hours. Mm. I can't imagine being away for four months, knowing your wife, is struggling, feeling sick, looking after a newborn, and there's yeah. hardly any support there. Couldn't do it. Could he get childcare or something? Now, now he's at daycare three days a week, but she's back full time. How much does that cost? How much? Oh man, I, I'm not the figures, man. Oh, I remember Madison's mum telling me about one of the women that she worked with at this news agency in Gundy. Um, she wanted to go back to work because she just had a baby, or I can't remember how old the baby was, but. Uh, Madison's mum did the calculations on it and worked out she would only be clearing an extra like fifty to a hundred dollars a week or a fortnight once you factored in all that childcare. Yeah. So it's like, it, it was it was almost like you got to think about it. it's like it wouldn't be better that she just stay at stay home. home and not work. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's my dream. I mean, I've got a. I wish Madison was rich. I'd be a stay-at-home dad. That would be. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I got a eighty dollars. Oh, Bat, I remember Babs. Yeah. He's a stay-at-home dad. Is he? Like three or four kids now. He, I was talking to him about it a couple of weeks ago and he said, mate, if you can do it, be a stay-at-home dad. Mm. And that's kind of where I've been at in my mind lately where 
you know, I put so much emphasis on work, always have, be it the yeah. military or police. I'm like, work's always the first thing. And now I'm getting to that point where I'm like, do I, do I want to be on my deathbed one day? You know, the kid's going to be standing around me going, geez, dad was, you know, so good at his work. Yeah. We love him for that. Or they're going to be like, dad missed this birthday, he missed this Christmas, yeah. this footy match. You know, what's more important at the, at the end of it all, really? But what choice do you have sometimes? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You probably will probably also think, geez, I'm glad Dad put a roof over my head. Yeah, exactly. Well, hope. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. But I mean, I, I suppose teenagers aren't always the most um, reasonable bunch. No, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> I'm grateful. Mm. No. Uh, obviously, in your current role, you were talking about transitioning or thinking about doing other things. What In the next five years, what do you foresee happening for you? Well... I'm too close to my long service now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so I want to take advantage of that because it'd be silly not to. I'm going to do a lap around Australia. Yeah, you've always talked um, about that. Around the bottom. Do you still have the trippy? Do, mate, oh. yeah. The old girl, still costing me money. Um, yeah, I'm, I, want to, I want to do a lap around Australia and maybe work my way around the bottom. Um, take extended leave. Yep. Um, just sort of try and live a life on the road and pick up little bits and pieces of work where I can and, you know, keep the truck full of fuel and I want, eventually I want to get to Broome and see WA's West Coast. So I just want to, after nine solid years without a major holiday, I want to uh, relax, yep. grow my hair like every other age <laughs> and, you know, see, just take my time, I guess. Um, but that'll only last 12, 18 months. After that, mate, I haven't got a clue. Yeah. I think I'm done with defence, but yeah, I've got a lot of thinking to do about career-wise. I'm not fast. I don't. I, I don't, think you're done with defence. Yeah, well. I think I'm done. I, am, I remember how passionate you used to be talking about stuff. Yeah, mate, that, that runs out, doesn't it? Mm. I suppose there's only so long you can kind of maintain that rage um, when there's nothing really going on. Like, because yeah. if you're going to be sitting around essentially yeah. doing a civilian job, w why do it in a place where, and I mean, like, it's understandable why we have all the rules and regulations that we have with grooming and stuff like that. Um, but why, why do a civilian job where you've got all those caveats on you and whatnot, why do that when you can be a civilian? Um, yeah. You know, potentially earn more money and yeah. you know, grow a beard and grow your hair out, yeah. which is obviously the, the most important reason for <laughs> well, discharging. I wouldn't know because I, I can't grow a beard. But, no, um, me either, but I'll give it a crack. Yeah, I've been giving it a crack for nearly 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can grow me hair though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, th I think that's a good idea though. Like I've always thought if I get to a stage where I want to like seriously considering getting out proper again is taking, you know, an extended period of unpaid leave because it, it gives yeah. you that option of like, gives you time to kind of, you know, pick up some small jobs to earn enough to get by and try and figure out something. And if it all goes tits up, then at least you've got that, you know. Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Any, yeah, exactly. You haven't really um, made, yeah, made yeah. any detriment to your career or anything like that. No, or, that's right. Shane, what do you think in the next five years? Because I, I, I know you do enjoy the job mm. still, but... Oh mate, I'm just so I feel so lucky to be where at the unit I am now. Yeah, I mean, I, I must say like I'm sucking off my fucking unit so bad. But yeah. anyway, get off um, the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking stand up, mate. Get off your knees. Yeah, in my knee pads. Um, but I um, 
I'm trying very hard not to actually have a five-year plan or any kind of plans into the future because that's one of the biggest things that gives me anxiety trying mm. to work out what I want to do. So you're purposely avoiding a plan. Yeah, because that's all I do is just try and plan shit out. I'm like, mm. oh no, if I can get this job, I'll be happy. If I can do this, I'll be happy. Yep. And like, it's turned around and I'm exactly where I wanted to be right now. Like my plan from when I got back in, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. And I'm, I've kind of hit the wall and where I'm almost the worst I've ever been, like mentally. So hmm. I've talking about on the last podcast how I'm trying to just reconnect and 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 try and figure out a way that I can interact with the world and with with my friends with my family without needing alcohol and um, try and find some purpose that doesn't come from um, from a job like yeah I put too much uh, like you say before too much emphasis on on my career and having to be the best at that and trying to be the best at that and yeah well actually it's interesting you raise that like it's for you now because you've been in the job what nearly a decade nine years just do you interact with many civilians uh, family <laughs> family i guess you know and, you, and every time you meet him you go how's the army going yeah good going <laughs> overseas no not yet what do you do day to day oh you know this and that and then Avoiding it, you find it hard to talk to them about. Well, that, yeah. What, what, what are they going to understand? Yeah. You can't. You can't. They don't understand how shit the last X was or whatever, because they're never going to understand. But it's just hard. But no, nah, actually thinking about that, not many. And the more you do, the sort of I don't know. You sort of don't want to be one, I guess. I be what? A um. Yeah. See, I reckon you'll go all right in civilian life because you, you know, we've talked about it before, Shane, the whole identity of identity crisis where we hang on to the mm. newer soldiers mm. um, so much. But this, like, you've got so much experience in doing other things. Like, I just feel like anytime you, I've seen you interact like at a social gathering with someone who's not in the military, you find that common ground. You are a social butterfly. You are I can, butterfly, I can yeah. spin a yarn with anyone, I think, no matter what they're into. Or, mm. um, yeah. But it's just finding that next thing to do. Yeah, for me, I, I, I don't know. I, I, want, I want to find what I'm happy to do for the rest of my life. Does it, I guess, does it ever, um, do you feel like you're held back from going and doing that by, like, feeling that you might have unfinished business with the army, like that you're holding yeah. that there still could be. Yeah, and um, yeah, my stepdad once, he said, when I was discharging last year, he, uh, he was like, I don't think you should get out until you go overseas. Mm. Oh, like how much longer do you wait? But yeah, no. exactly right. And I think I'm going to cap it on my um, my long service and then you've got to move on, you've got to take responsibility. And I don't, I, I don't want, I shouldn't feel trapped because... You know, everything in your life is you're responsible for it. Yeah, you're not. You're only trapped by yourself and what you, what you're sort of uh, willing to get off your ass and do. Let's say you hung on to the next trip though. Apart from the money, yeah. What do you, what do you think you're going to get out of it though? The trip. Justification. I think that the last ten years weren't wasted. I think it'll be a nice little icing on a 
fucking 10-year cake that I've been baking. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I just want to... And then I'll be able Jeez, to sort of blow the candles... Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I sort of want to be able to blow the candles out on that cake. And <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be closure in a way. It'll be closure, I think. Do you think... I don't want to be a fucking downer here. Do you think... No, please. Oh, please. That's what I do best. Yeah. <laughs> do you reckon there'll be a part that won't be fulfilled, though, even after you get back? Just because... Remember what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast where we joined the infantry... You want that because I know me and Shane. Like Shane, you got in at like two ticks when you're over there. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get my big contact. And for me, there's that I never, I never got that big contact. Will it be for you, the same for you? Because you're not going, you won't be going over in a, in an infantry role. That's right. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd yeah. say you'll be subjected to staying in a forward operating base and not really getting a chance to go yeah. outside the wire. Will that be? Will there be frustration because it'll be. It's like you're standing at the fence, looking looking through the fence and seeing the big game. Just give me a gun, I can do it. I think so. Yeah, I've, I've actually thought about that. I thought, geez, you know, I really want a trip. And then I thought, well, what is a trip when you're a pogue? And not to take away from anything that anyone's ever done, but do I, is is a trip that important when I'm just putting boxes on a shelf or you know driving a forklift? Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd love a house deposit. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd take it for the money. Obviously, yeah. there's, there's the money. Troopy but just to say, you know, I know, yeah, I know that it's, you said, you know, yeah. closure for the last 10 years. Do you reckon you'd get that closure? I think, yeah, I think I will. Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to be shot at and shoot back and, um, and, and experience that. But isn't that weird how we all want that? Mm. Like, yeah. It's, it's funny, like, people always say, oh, you know, what was your time like? And then I tell them, and like, oh, I bet you it was good when you got home. And I was like, not really. Like, after, I'd say, 48 hours of me touching back down in Brisbane, I was like, right, let's go back over there. I've got unfinished business. I didn't get... Send me home. Send me back. Yeah, send me back. And let's actually do this properly. Like, get me into that contact. Let me get shot at. And let me shoot back. Yeah. And do, do what we have trained to do. A good experience, I reckon. I think, is it... Feeling untested, like yes. so, you did all that training, and like you, you always looked at it as being competent and, or, or qualified in in all those aspects. But until you actually do it, there's always going to be a part of you that. Well, I think so. Like, look at our like the training you do to be infantry qualified is, um, you know, is pretty full on. Mm. Um, and then you get to the battalion life, and you're doing all that training, and then you do your pre-deployment training, which is even better. And everyone's like, "Yep, this is going to happen to you over there. This is what you're going to experience." You're like, "Yep, let's let's do this. I'm good to go." I always think it's like, um, you know, that scene in Gladiator where he's standing at the gates and he's put his mask on, and he's ready to go. That's what like pre-deployment's like. You're like, "Yep, let me get out <laughs> yeah. there." Then they open the gates. The fucking stadium's empty. There's no lions, yeah. and you're like, "Have I come on the wrong day here?" <laughs> like. Yeah, what is going this on? It's just a matinee. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matinee. Like, where the fuck is everyone? And then next thing you know, six months have gone back, um, gone by, and they're like, "Hey, mate, just jump back in. Just jump back in uh, in the cage, there, mate. We're done." And you're like, "Oh, the gladiator tournament, mate. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Uh, that's what that roar was. Oh, is that what, yeah, is that what that was. Fuck me, I've come on the wrong day. That, that's what it. You know, that's what it feels like." And that's why yeah. we want that because, yeah, like you said, it's like a pressure test for us. It's mm. validation. You've done four years of training, yeah. well, longer for Vits, you know. Yeah. Just let me... You know what didn't help, I think, either? Being from 6RR, we were all that generation of soldiers who joined after MTF1. Yeah. So on at the boozers in on Anzac days, there was a clear line, I noticed, between oh, MTF1 yeah. soldiers mm. 
and everyone else. Yeah. And if you went MTF1, you weren't shit. So yeah, like MTF1 was obviously the deployment 2010. 10. And yeah. that, was a, that was a big one. That was a hairy one, apparently. Yeah. From, yeah. And then anything after that just didn't yeah. live up to it. Mm-hmm. Which, if a, you're a civilian hearing that, you'd be thinking, oh, well, that's good, isn't it? That's good. Not when no! You're, no. Not, not when you're an infantry soldier. Oh. Like, that's the big show. That's yeah. what you want. And then you just don't get it. So you, yeah. you feel like you miss out on validation. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be an itch that I don't think I'll ever scratch. And I think I have to move on from that. And, um, what is hard? Like, yeah. I've only recently been able to let go of it. Let go of the whole identity and the fact that I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do and be happy and proud of what I did get to do. Mm. You know, not everyone gets to do, yeah. um, not everyone gets to go over at all. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just be happy at least I was over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let go of that identity. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be one of those guys and we see them all the time, you know, that um, they've been out of the military for so long and all they want to talk about is, Oh, do you remember this and remember that? And oh, back in my day when water was wetter and rocks were harder, <laughs> you know, like you do not want to be that guy. You're like, hey guys, look, remember the operator caps? I'm wearing them. Yeah. I used to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you see blokes like that all the time, and you just wonder why aren't you still in? Then you sort yeah, of the way they it. talk about it, um... probably because no one liked them when they yeah. were in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone that keen is normally a tosser, yeah. but um, yeah, you don't say Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever do you mean, mate? <laughs> You're the one who brought the fucking. What am I looking at? The Department of Defense message notebook. What, here. You think I'm going to fork out money for, for my own notepad and pen? Yeah, that's true. You're yeah, you are. A, yeah, you are a cheap bastard. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. What was this? I've lost my train of thought. Now. Yeah. So the guys like you don't want to be that guy just hanging. Yeah, way yeah. too much. Because you, if you're that guy, you will never get over it. You'll never have new experiences, meet new people. It'll eat away. Yeah, at that's it. It will eat away yeah. at you. And yeah. it will eat away at your relationships. I remember uh, the, the, the CO we had when we were in when he was leaving. Uh, something that he that stuck with me that he said was like, "Be proud of everything that you've done in your careers, be it overseas or whatever." But um, especially if you have been overseas, don't don't live in the desert. Like that's that's mm. one part of your life, and you've got you know another. 60, 70, 80 or years of your, your life that you have to live and if you continue to um, make everything about that deployment, everything about your, your military career, it's going to be to the detriment of your, your relationships, your friendships, like your friends, your city mates, they're not going to want to fucking hear you go bang on about, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it almost comes to define who you are for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so some guys, are, I think, are happy with that because they don't know any any better mm. whereas now I know I've got the foresight that I've let go of that identity and when I see it I'm like Jesus Christ it, like, it's a generational thing I think because you know back in the in the 30s and 40s you know the Tobruk veterans and the Kokoda veterans that it did define who they were for the rest of their lives they were World War II vets and they owned it and the public enjoyed it but these days generation XYZ you don't want to you don't they, it's a bit shit if you you know you sort of I don't know how to word it if you sort of oh I'm a I'm an Afghan vet you're like cool man yeah you know and it's it's not it's not kosher to bloody live in that sort of image I guess yeah 
Well, well I mean, it's not like not the running. Vietnam vets what they copped when they came home and, and whatnot. I don't think we ever cop it to that no. degree. But um, we, um, I don't know, I think it's more, we internalise it more. I've copped it once. Did I tell you about that? this? Like, me and the missus went to Fiji for a holiday and we were staying at, it was kind of like a fancy backpackers, right? And there was a wedding on at the, at the same time. So most of the uh, resort was like um, occupied by people mm-hmm. at this wedding. So um, like all the bar area, the wedding was the night before, but the bar area was taken up by people that had um, been at this wedding, but um, asked if we can sit at this table with, with people because everything was packed. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right, join us. We're joining in on the conversation and everyone's getting along fine. And then um, the guy turns to me and Carly and says, oh, so what do you guys do for a living? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think we at the time we just said, oh, you know, we work in government. Oh, but what do you do? And I said, okay, well, we're, you know, we're, we're police officers. And this guy was very anti-police and he just started ripping into us about how um, all the cops do is bash people mm. and, you know, we should be ashamed of ourselves calling us pigs. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, I'll give him a pass just because I don't want to, I don't want to cause a scene here and mm. he's very drunk, so whatever. And then he starts like um, wanting to know why we joined and he starts like targeting Carly and I jumped in. I'm like, I'll answer your question, mate. He goes, well, what did you do before the police? And I was like, I was in the army. And I was thinking, okay, you know, this will take away from the police. And then he's like, oh, that's even worse. And he starts <laughs> saying, oh, did you, did you go overseas? I'm like, yes, I did. Where'd you go? He said, Afghanistan, 2012. Well, fuck, did I open a box there? He starts, like, getting in my face and calling me a baby killer. And I'm like... Isn't it ironic how he has the freedom to say that to yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, fuck, mate, that, where are you getting this from? He's like, you're a baby killer. You've gone to a... A false war, or you go over there and just kill innocent people. I'm like, mate, you've got, you've got no idea, you've got no understanding of what goes on there. And I said something like, unless you've been over there, don't comment on what happens because I don't know where you're getting your information from. And then he says he's, I can't remember the exact job he did, but something to do with being a humanitarian. Yeah. And I said, you can't comment. He goes, oh, I'm a humanitarian worker. Oh, I can comment. And I go, look, mate, I don't want to do this with you. You're making a bit of a scene here. Let's just um, end this and not and not have this conversation. He goes, no, we're going to have this conversation. <laughs> I was like, man, I would love to stand up and just yes. kick the shit out of you right now. Yeah. And I'm like, but everyone's against me here. You know, yeah. as in, it's all his friends. Yeah. Everyone went really quiet. But that was the first time anyone's ever really gotten in my face. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up walking away and Carly ripped into him. And I went to the tour. I punched the wall. I was so angry. And then came back. Well, at least you punched the wall. Not yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, if I punch this dude, we're going to get kicked out yeah. here. And, you know, this is what he wants. At the end of the day, he wants me to react that way. Because yeah. then I've proven his point. Yeah, exactly. You know, that we're all aggressive and we just go over there to kill people. Yeah. And I know, um, like you were saying, it's ironic that he has the freedom to do that. I know that gets brought up a lot about, um, I guess, like people say, like, oh, liberal types who have this entitlement you know, mm. what they, they haven't served the country and shit like that but uh, at the end of the day if, 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 if we're going to use if you're going to use that um, that maxim of um, you know we you know people died for your right to do that then we need you know people need to like servicemen and women need to accept the fact that yeah and we people died for their right to be cunts <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be watching <laughs> to be what mate sorry no, no. Um, you know and they're more more than entitled to do that and if people are people will get in your face and stuff and I think a part of that um, professionalism and stuff that they try and drill into us in the defence force and other uh, other things is yep people can be 
fix about things, but we need to be the bigger people and demonstrate how to behave in public. Yeah, exactly. In those situations, which you've done well. I mean, yeah, you, oh, punched, mate, the, I was you like, punched the wall, but you did the right thing. Yeah, I walked away at the end. Like, inside, I was seething. Mm. Like, you know, when you get so angry, your hand shakes because you just want to lash out. Yeah. Um, I was like that, and I just kept saying, mate, I don't want to have this conversation <clears> with yeah. you. You know, everyone's been drinking. I'm but not going to do yeah, this. And he kept wanting to push it. For, for every every person that describes themselves as like hippie, liberal, whatever, like there's maybe one, for every one or two of them, there's 10 more others that aren't like that and who are thankful for um, the the freedoms that they enjoy and for people who actually go out um, and serve their country, be it in the capacity of coppers, ambos, or flyers, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, I, I honestly think, because I, I, I used to, I still do, get worked up over that shit, but there's no point. Like, yeah, I, it's point? a small minority who are very loud, and for, I think, a vast majority of people regardless of sexual orientation or fucking anything like people are just people some people are nice some people are assholes yeah and yeah well that's the first time i ever experienced that i was like jesus this was way out of left field i did not see this coming but yeah he might have just recently got a ticket or something mate you never know (laughs) well he did actually tell me that he got taken to the watch house and someone planted drugs on him i tend to not believe that No. That's why I didn't like. Was um, it Denzel probably. Washington in a black beanie? Was it? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. Yeah. But it's like, said that one thing about you know his freedom and everything like that. You know when people come up and thank you for your service, <laughs> like your service. Why thank you for your service? Yeah, I like I cringe. Do you, yeah, do you yeah. Like, you know I, what I mean? I, like, yeah, because yeah. it's very American where people you know oh I joined up because I wanted to. I'll fight for everyone's freedom and stuff. It's like, real. I think, oh, well, this is my experience anyway. An Australian soldier, like, very rarely do we join up because we think we're going to liberate our people yeah. and fight for freedom. I joined up because... You're an idealist. I just wanted to join. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it sounded like a cool job. sounded like fun. Where yeah. else can you... I think that's an Australian culture thing of, like, it's... it's oh God, what's the word? It, yeah, it's not about, oh, I want to do this for my country. It's, uh, it's just... An adventure, it's, uh, it's a, yeah. yeah. And you speak to most uh, Aussie soldiers, and that's the same story. I joined up because it was an adventure. Yeah. Those boys are doing. I want to get in over. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, and then when you're in and you're training and people going overseas, I want to go over because the boys are going over, yeah. mates are going over. I want to yeah. watch their six. I want to be over there. What's that mean? That I join the army, meet interesting people, and shoot them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, yeah, all right, sign me up, mate. I want, <laughs> I want to take down some bad people. Uh, I've been thanked a few times in uniform, and and, I, and as, as they're talking, I'm always thinking, you know, I just spent. A day non-tech in the armory, sweeping footpaths. Yeah, but I mean, we were in, like, mate, I just spent a day, half a day asleep. Then we played a bit of split-screen <laughs> bloody Call of Duty. Oh, it's nine thirty in the morning. Now we've got nothing for you, fellas. Come back at three. <laughs> that is five hours straight of Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. Like, but no, what? No worries. No mm. worries. <laughs> uh, I remember when we got back from overseas. I can't remember if I talked about this in the last episode, but coming out of the gates, so we just. Touched back down in Brisbane. Mm. And, you know, you've been with your team for like six, seven months or whatever, straight. And then watching the carousel, my bag came out first. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I'm walking out first. All right, boys. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you later. Walked out like by myself. There's no one else around me. And then it got real quiet between um, where you pick your baggage up and where your family meet you. Yeah. And it went real quiet. I was like, shit, this is the first time I've been by myself in six months. Dead silent. Walked out through the doors and there's a massive crowd there and there's like an old digger and he had like um, the veterans MC patch mm. on his back. He was the first person I saw and the crowd started clapping. He goes, "Good on you, dig. Thanks for your service." And I remember that, that what I've just been to Afghanistan, first person I've interacted with in Australia. I cringe. I was like, 
Yeah, don't thank me, Mike. Please, <laughs> don't. I didn't. What are you thanking me for? I, I haven't done I, anything, really. I, uh, when I came through and I came out and there's all those people and like you walk out to the right, I um I went to the left because there's like this slight little fucking gap in, in the, uh, oh, between okay, the yeah, yeah. And I was like, I ain't walking through that. I just like ducked through and went through the back of everyone. Yeah. I was like, oh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Mate, was it, not, like, it was a nice feeling, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're like, I don't deserve this. What are you clapping me for? <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah, because you're so uh, desensitized to everything you just done there. Like, it's just a day-to-day normal thing. Because I remember when I got back, and I didn't think about it. I should have thought about it before I did it, because I had to go back to my room to pick up some clothes, because my family was there. We were going to go to the pub for lunch. And while I was there, I happened to have a hard drive that had some funny things on it um, that I wanted to show them, like... Um, and like a couple of them were like bips that we did, like nothing um, bad or anything like that. But then like I was thinking about it and I'm like, oh, especially with my granddad because he's got PTSD. I was like, I probably shouldn't oh, be showing yeah. him this shit. Yep. But, did he watch it? Yeah, he did. But yeah. like, I could tell he wasn't really fucking. He didn't want to. Yeah. Well, we like us, you know, 20 years down the track where someone's showing us whatever theater of war they're in. Yeah. Part of me would be like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch it. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be that interested. So that's where I'm at now. Where I don't want to watch anything military. I used to watch military movies all the yeah. time, but right. now I just I shy away from it. Mm. I've been watching a lot of things where people go off into the woods alone <laughs> and live by themselves. <laughs> uh, I'm on this new thing, so, Shane. That's very troubling. Uh, I think it was the last <laughs> last podcast we were talking about me wanting to become a blacksmith. My new things are building log cabins in the middle of nowhere and living a a life of solitude. (laughs) Remember the last time you said you wanted to change your way of living when we went to Europe and then you didn't want that. No, I I, I don't know what the fuck I want. Mm. Uh, This is a pain. You'd come visit me, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'll come visit you. Yeah, sweet. Flashing toilets and fridges are pretty good. Nah. You'll soon realise that. Netflix, (laughs) internet. Yeah, I wouldn't last very long. No, you wouldn't last very long at all, mate. Well, it's good to have you on, Thanks for on board. Me. Thanks for a chat. Shane? Did bare minimum as usual? Oh, <laughs> thanks, That's good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>